Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Danny Rocco. Danny is a mother, wife, and lifelong entrepreneur. Growing up as a professional ballerina, she developed her commitment and dedication to everything that life has to offer. At the age of 18, she started working for her family's gymnastics school and took the company from bankruptcy to financial abundance. After two decades of being CEO, Danny left her family's business to follow her passion as a life coach and relationship expert where she focuses heavily on serving military veterans. She's the author of two books, Own Your Own Dreams and Devoted to a Soldier. She has survived tremendous adversity in her life, and I'm looking forward to sharing with all of you her insights into resilience. Thank you, Travis Partington, the host of Oscar Mike Radio, for connecting me with Danny. Danny, welcome to Get Up Nation. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for today. First off, will you share where you currently live and work? I am currently in the seacoast of New Hampshire along that 12-mile long little stench that it has. That's it. But that's where I am. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Thanks for taking the time today to connect and share your insights into resilience. That's what Gut Nation is all about, is developing and sustaining resilience. And clearly, you've endured tremendous adversity in your life from some severe childhood trauma events that happened when you were very young to a car accident that resulted in chronic pain. Will you share some about your experiences of adversity to the level that you're comfortable with so that we can understand the true power of who you are today? My parents divorced when I was very young. I was a couple months old when my, my parents got divorced. And so I lived with my mother and that and we traveled. She was a big she was a big traveler and moved every year. So every year I was in a different school, different environment, meeting new friends, those kinds of things. Sucked as a kid because I was like always ahead or behind in school, but mm-hmm. great people skills, you know? Hey. From there. And as a young child, first grade, my mother was my mother was raped in my bed with a knife to my throat. I think that was my first adversity that I've ever had to come past. And then at 16, I had my son, Jacob, my, the love of my life, my, my Marine that kind of changed my projection of that. Before that, I did stop I became a professional ballerina. I stopped doing that as a child. So as a child prodigy, just I think with moving, becoming a teenager, just the confusion of everything that you go through as a young lady, I was just like, that was the one thing I could control, right? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be wild and crazy. Not a good choice on my my path, but <laughs> it made me who I am. I am today. Then I had my son, Jacob. I took over my family's business. I worked, you know, I was like the janitor at first. I was the girl that like cleaned the toilets. And, you know, I started off very 
base level and had to prove myself to my father that I could handle the responsibility and things like that. So at 18, I started. And by the age of you know, 20, I was full on running the company, all the financials, all the marketing, everything like that. Got in a car accident. I've never passed out in my life, never done anything like that. Well, one day God said, you know what, Danielle, we're just going to shake things up a little bit because you might be getting a little too stuck and not living out your purpose. So I fainted driving and it ended up sideways in a tree, which put me on this new, you know, propelling survival mode, really. You know, I went through, like I planned my death. I couldn't live in, I was, I was basically bedridden. I couldn't live in pain. I couldn't live any, I I just didn't want to live the life that I was. I wasn't a good mother. I wasn't a good wife. I wasn't a good friend. I couldn't do anything. I was just basically existing, running the business in and out of consciousness, doing what I could to, to survive. And then that changed it. My father said he started losing his mind. He got dementia. My stepmom didn't want to see it. So my brother and I had to make the choice that, you know, either we, there had to be some changes in the company or we had to leave. So we ended up leaving the company that we did for over two decades. And it threw me into the world of CEO coaching, health, co- first health coaching, then CEO relationship coaching, and now serving our military. So there we go. so this is kind of cool because a lot of people go through something and it's very focused and they have a a moment of suffering or a a, an experience of adversity that was tremendous and then they go on to focus on preventing that specific form but you've you've been through a ton of different things so you have a wide spectrum of understanding the feelings associated with suffering or trauma or you know and how how we are resilient or or how we fail to be resilient and I love how you've been in that deep, dark place where you're considering not wanting to live. And then you have a huge decision at that point of, you know, what do I do from here? Is it over? Am I done? Am I going to end it? Is fate going to end it with all of my medical problems? Tell me how you dealt with all of those moments of overwhelm. Was it different over time? Was it a skill you practiced more and more and are much more skilled at today? Just tell me kind of, I guess, a general view of everything that you've been through. When you think of resilience, what do you think of? I think of that first resilience becomes, it's it's a very primitive being, right? You need to exist. So you do what Whatever it is to survive, you know, those primitive instincts kind of come out. And that was how I trained myself to live starting at a very young age at that first grade during that, during that time when you don't know how to handle and comprehend what's going on in your life, whether you're six or whether you're 50, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. So instincts just come in. How is your brain going to cope with it? Mm-hmm. And then how are you physically going to act mm-hmm. and behave? And I think there, there are two choices. And one is usually healthy and mm-hmm. one is usually not healthy. And there's somewhere in between, right? A range of it. So mine tended outwardly look to be on a very healthy pattern up until a certain point, And then there were bad changes. So I think like resilience comes with first primitive, then a decision, right? And then an action and you build on that. And that is how we, I think how some people can be extremely resilient mm-hmm. 
it's the decision and the action that came from that. And some aren't, they're really resilient in a very unhealthy way, right? Sure. I mean, certainly there's a, a time period of when we experience adversity or suffering, as we start to, you know, our mind tries to make sense of it and our mind tries to, you know, well, like, what is it? Does God hate me? You know, like, is this my fault? Who do I blame for this? I'm angry. I'm, you know, I'm upset by all these things. It's, it doesn't seem fair, et cetera. We go through these processes of trying to navigate that experience. Like, why would these awful things happen? And then oftentimes what happens is people then develop a sense of purpose or a sense of meaning, and they start to realize the suffering that they've experienced. Sometimes people actually wind up viewing it as a gift because it has channeled them in a new direction or it has opened them to something they would have never been open to before or connected them with the person that they would have never met before, something along those lines. Will you share a little bit about, you know, when you viewed the suffering that you've been through, finding that sense of meaning or purpose afterward or as you navigated feelings and emotions and thoughts that came after the trauma, where did you find that? And I would guess it's through your coaching business, but it's where did you find that satisfaction, meaning, and purpose following all this that you'd been through? It didn't really come until later because I wasn't, I was fulfilled through my coaching business, coaching with CEOs, but it wasn't my purpose. It was an empty fulfillment, if that makes sense. You can you can feel something that's really good and yeah, it's helping you along the way, but you're still kind of like, it's not right. You know, you get that feeling where you're like, oh, okay, I'm on the right path, but it's, it, but it's really, it, it's not, not the right, the right way for me. I had to do a lot of self-reflection. There was, I had to own that every single thing in my life was my own doing. Whether I, it, there was somebody that took it you know, obviously my mother being raped was not my own doing, but how I handled it and moved forward was my, was my responsibility. It was my action. So I had to go all the way back and even before that and really look at where I came from genetically, who I am as, as a person and own every single thing. And that, and I still do it to this day because I'm not, I mean, we're not perfect, or at least I'm not perfect. You know, I'm constantly failing and, <laughs> and finding my way back up there. But I had to own a lot of crap. I had to own a lot of patterns that, that were mine, that I had developed, yes, out of just feeling the need to be, to exist and survive and be able to cope with what I didn't understand. But at the same time, I created my own chaos and my own mess. And until, this is my belief, and until we can do that, there's no way we can live into full resilience and start even stepping into our purpose here. Because we'll always, there'll always be a blame Yeah. if you don't do that. That's right. It's someone else's fault. Yeah. And then we get nowhere. We just sit in our funk and self-pity and anger and, and fester in that. And we don't get to the life that we're hungering for. Right. Right. And, and, and it's a lack of control, right? We feel like, oh, we can't control our environment. We can't control the money we have. We can't control the situations we're in, but we actually can. We actually can. You have a choice when someone comes at you, how you're going to respond. Right. And what you're going to allow to believe and how it's going to make you feel. Even just to this day, I had this, I had this thing, it came up on social media 
someone was mean to me. So I just, they're not in my life anymore. And I saw that they were still connected to one of my friends. And I still got that pang of like, <gasps> and then I was like, whoa, Danielle, you get to react. And you get to feel however you want to feel, not the feeling you feel out of habit mm -hmm. that you felt and developed from a child. No, you can decide. And you know what? I was like, I'm going to choose to be happy for them because just because it wasn't a good match for me with this person does not mean it's not a good match for them. And it doesn't mean that there's, that is any reflection has anything to do with me. How egotistical of us to think that they even care. Right. <laughs> right, so right. It's like even, even to this day, that little thing was like, I feel is a form of, of resilience. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And there's a quote on your site here that I think is excellent. You've written developing a strong relationship within yourself is the first step to achieving abundance in your life. Are you ready to stop self-sabotaging, feeling stuck, disorganized, overwhelmed, frustrated, body shaming, guilt, feeling not good enough? That's the beginning of it all, right? Getting in touch with ourself. Will you share a little bit about the men who come to you wanting to live a better life? What are some of the things that they're facing that you help them with? Well, usually what it is, is that they're very successful in one aspect of your life. You can, you have developed and honed a skill outside of that. Who are you? You know, what do you do? Everything in that part of your life is kind of, you haven't given your full attention to. So I, like I'll say to whether it's, you know, a CEO or or a veteran, right? You gave 100% to your company or your mission. Yep. Are you giving that same exact effort into your relationship, into mm -hmm. yourself? And the answer across the board is always like, no. Like if, you, if your love for yourself was your mission, would you succeed? Hmm. That's a great question. In your mission statement says, my mission is to support and strengthen the relationships of military and veteran families. My specialty is supporting men and holding their power from the boardroom into their personal lives, bringing out their primal state to level up in all aspects of their life. Take us into this. I mean, you've said, you've mentioned that, that primal aspect. Tell us more about what you mean by the primal aspect. Again, this is my belief. Haters can hate, lovers can love, you know, <laughs> it's all opinion and makes the world go round. But we're not that far off from like, caveman days and, and you know before automobiles and when you really think of these things and I, I i do believe in god he so again believe what you want to believe insert whatever you want to insert i think along the way we became so hypersensitive that we stopped allowing men to be men women became way too you know oh are you are you What's the word I want to use here? Men became scared to speak because are they going to offend the woman? And is the woman going to say you're sexually harassing me? And this is not, yes, it's out there. So please, I'm not talking about the extremes. I'm just talking about in general kind of concepts here. And men, you know, taking out the trash versus doing the dishes. When you go back to your primal state of being, right? What were men built here to do? Look at your physical bodies. Men are stronger. Over again, we're talking general here. Men are stronger. They were made to hunt and protect. And the women had just as an important job, but it was very different. Look at our bodies. It was to nurture, it was to create community. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't believe there's one better than the other. I don't, I also believe that yes, people can cross over lines and do multiple things. But when you say one is wrong 
and one is right, you lose the state of who we are at our primitive soul of what is inside of us, of what if how we're genetically made up. Again, my belief. Mm-hmm. You help people be who they are without having to fit a certain mold that's being put on them. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, understanding, like if you can understand that there's nothing wrong with you being a man that you want to protect and you want to provide, and there's no shame in that, yeah, you're going to be much better at loving yourself. But society has put this, I see it in my boys all the time. I raise very strong, mm-hmm. you know, good men that love their woman and are respectful to all that are out there. But I see it, especially in my youngest, you know, can he, is he insulting somebody if he wants to open the door for them? Mm, Okay. I see that, you know, have that conversation. No, you're not insulting somebody by opening the door. That is a form of respect. Mm. Let our men respect our women and women let you respect them in your way. But we can't take that away from the men that are out there because then we're not going to have men. And then guess what, women? All the women out there that are complaining, where are the good men? And they're crying, but you're not letting the man open the door or tend to you because you feel that it's somehow making you less of a woman. I believe that that woman needs to look at herself. And understand her strength and her power to bring him up because you need both. He's going to bring you up. You're going to bring her up. I see. I see. And that really speaks to, I mean, you serve a lot of the, in the veteran community. And, and what led to that? Was it your son joining Marines? What kind of led to your real focus on veterans and military families? My son joining the Marines changed me. A lot in a good way. I was, I'm so proud of him. But really it was when I was coaching CEOs, I, I did love it. I, I, I loved it. I loved watching them and their marriages become just as successful as their, as their companies and seeing them happy, right? Because my job is not to be your coach forever. My job is to take a situation, yeah. work on it, get it to where you want to go, and then you don't need me anymore, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, you've moved on. But it wasn't, they were, they were very needy. They would, which is great. It was great for my business. You know, I needed to be in Chicago in three days or, you know, across, across the world. And I have six children. I'm married. And so there, it wasn't a balance. It was fulfilling my career side of things and me feeling like I could provide and be, you know, financially giving back to our family. But my family was falling apart because I was never with my husband. I was not, you know, being a good mother. And so you have to create that balance. And when I had that decision that it wasn't that important, you know, the the money and what it made, how it made me feel, the success it made me feel and and seeing and watching these men was not worth giving up my family, my family for. So I was having lunch one day with my, my friend and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, ah, I never worked for anybody before ever besides being a waitress in high school, you know? And she's like, well, what, what do you do that nobody knows you do? And that is how I turned it into our military and our veterans. That was what I was doing behind the scenes every day, you know, coaching families, coaching the guys, supporting my other Marine moms, you know, doing the most I could into the nonprofits that I knew about at the time. And so I said, you know what, that is where I will take my knowledge and my focus and bring it right there. And they, 
And what I found is that they had the same mindset of the CEOs. They're, you know, you didn't. Ha- I didn't have to tiptoe around the words I used. I could just be straight up and honest. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings and make them cry. They could. <laughs> they could handle it. It was perfect. One of your quotes I think is excellent. It's, this is not how my story will end. So, you know, having that statement there and every person waking up every day, like one day comes to an end, another day starts. We have an opportunity every moment to live the life that we want to live. If we're willing to pay the cost of letting go of some of those negative things, of doing the work to change who we are, changing our perceptions. And so it's a very hope-filled statement to say, this is not how my story will end when you've taken a loss or when you are dealing with bankruptcy or when you have lost a job or when COVID comes and you're not operating as you hoped to or in some way. So tell me about the power of that quote. This is not how my story will end. I mean, well, that has sit so hard. It's like tattooed on my body, literally. So I will not forget it because what we forget is we are the editor of our own book. But what stops us is that fear of putting like pen to paper, right? I'm supposed to be this. So in trying to uphold what this means, not to you, but to everybody else out there, you destroy what you're really supposed to be because we perceive it as failure. It's not failure. I don't know any successful person in life who hasn't gone through failure and accepted it. So not being afraid to erase that that moment in time, grow from it, learn from it and move on into that better, you know, that that better place that you're you're actually supposed to be. We're not I do not believe we're supposed to be the same as we were when we were children. Right. We're the same as we were yesterday, nor right. should we want to believe. And we have to change that. So having that kind of visual of this is not how my story will end kind of puts it in the forefront of your mind. I am not who I was yesterday. And if you are who you are yesterday, I guarantee you're stuck, unfulfilled, and questioning your life. Yeah. The only constant is change, right? And so to be right. able to peace with that, then when you're in the flow, you're much more healthy. You are much more resilient. You're much more able to handle the good that comes your way and the bad. Whether it's bad or not, just the difficult. If something difficult comes, you're able to manage it because you know that that's why I love so much about meditation and the present moment and these types of things is because you're able to let go of that past. You're, you're able to not get worked up about or anxious about a future that isn't here yet. Half the times our minds make the future out to be some awful thing that it never actually becomes, but our mind is trying to protect us with that fight or flight, look for threats, let's see what's all happening and all the awful Mm -hmm. things that could happen. But when we stay in that present moment, we're much more centered and grounded and we're able to, you know, realize that just because something happened in this minute doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. Or just because I've had this injury or was hit by an IED or gained too much weight or any of these things that have happened, it doesn't necessarily mean our future is going to be awful or that our present will remain there for the end, you know, for all of our life experience. And how liberating is that and empowering is that to know that time continually marches on. And so if we don't start marching with it, then we get all caught up and entangled with all this this mess in our head, and we don't enjoy all the wonderful things that happen along the line. We're not even present for it. 
Right, right. It's it's so empowering because we, you know, we think. I think what is it like ninety six percent of the same things we think every single day. And when you can just say, when you have this feeling, like that story I said about, like I saw on social media, and it and it, and it triggered an old habitual feeling of mine. I like I I actually had the conversation with myself out loud, like, deal. You don't have to feel this way. Yeah. You have a choice. You can change it. Now, it doesn't mean like at a snap of a button, I like reprogrammed myself, but I put the power back into me instead of the power into my subconscious and my habits. Yeah, yeah. And when we do that, we just make ourselves feel helpless and hopeless. And the world becomes this big, ugly place that is just trying to strangle us. And it becomes dark and depressing because we are devoid of, of that power, of that energy. We need to get that within us so that we can overcome these things and ultimately live a satisfying day doing the things that we love to do with the people that we love and impacting the world in a positive way. Danny, tell me more. You have two books out. You have a TV show. Tell me more about how people can get involved in your services here. Yeah. So my website's the easiest way because it has everything, like every social media link, every, you know, my devoted to a soldier page, every single thing, which is Danny Rocco. And I'm a girl. So I spell it D-A-N-I-R-O-C-C-O.com. No one ever gets that girl version correctly, but (laughs) the book devoted to a soldier is really, it's like a workbook. It's using reality because I learn by stories. So I write by stories. So it's actual people's stories. I kept it in their form using their words. You can feel them and, and hear how they talk. And it goes from like, they're all military, obviously a couple that's from 20 all the way to retired. Some that have been successful and some that are not. And then it gives tools at the end to kind of look for and apply for you personally creating a mission statement within yourself. So then you can have a mission statement outside of yourself. Because right when you lose sight of your mission, Right. All hell breaks loose, <laughs> That's right. and people don't, people don't realize. Like, shoot, I could have a mission for myself right. and for my marriage. Right. Get out of here, <laughs> you know. So when it gets crazy, you can stay on focus, yep. and you're on the on the same page. So there's that, and then my shows are just I do my shows live. They're interactive on my Facebook page, the military resource panel, and then that's devoted to a soldier. And then Dose of Did You Know is just intriguing, unique people, how love and life has created who they are today. So a lot of good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. People need to go there. Get Up Nation, go there. Before we get into the last portion of the show, is there anything else or any words of encouragement or any thoughts today that would help anybody from Get Up Nation who has been knocked down by life and needs to get back up? Any words of encouragement or insight? You know, what's on my heart right now at this moment is we can't give our power away. We can feel powerless and hopeless, but you cannot give your power to somebody else unless you want to. So it's all it's it's all there. And that power just might be that you need to borrow someone else's power for a second till you can get yourself up and, and, you know, use yours to its strength. So subscribe to Get Up Nation and all of Danny's social handles and you can get that dose of energy from Danny and I bringing it to help you and your network to get up and and get after it, right? That's right. Together. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Collaboration together. That's right. Collaboration, unity. Let's make this happen. All right, Danny. I always end the show with six questions. Help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me? I will do my best. Pressure. (laughs) Who are you thankful for today? 
I am thankful for today, God. That's the first thing. This is going to be just what comes off my head. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? I got up. I got out of bed. And how do you fuel the fire within you? Others. Others. Because when I'm lacking my fuel, I borrow borrow others. Giving back. What's one thing adversity taught you to value? Myself. And what are you doing today you may have never thought you could? One, having this conversation (laughs) and actually sharing part of my childhood that I never shared. That was a big deal. Wow. Awesome. I must have needed to grow from that. So thank you. Thank you. And what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? I am going to let go. Oh, God, if I say this out loud, then I have to commit to it because that's how I... Oh, that's my motto. I am going to let go of some fears of what I don't think I'm good at. And I know what they are inside. Like the questioning of my ability, the fear of people's judgment over my skill of ability. I don't know if that made sense to you, but it made sense in my brain. It does. Yep. It's great. I can't wait for that to, to happen for you. I'm so glad you came on the show. So happy to see all the success you're having and how you're uh, impacting our world and serving veterans. I'm just grateful for your time here. Let Get Up Nation know where people can learn more about you and your amazing work. All right there. Danny Rocco, D-A-N-I-R-O-C-C-O. <laughs> Talk on. Sure.